Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvary Way Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. to know you more and more. We ask that you will reveal yourself more and more unto us. We ask that you will open our eyes to behold you. We ask for an encounter with you, an unforgettable encounter that will make an unerasable mark in our life this evening. A transformation of our whole life to conform to the very image of Jesus Christ. We hand over our spirit, soul, and body to you and everyone that is yielding, connecting to us this evening, we pray that our heart be prepared to receive your word. And may your word work out your purpose in our life this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ. We bind distractions. We decree that none of us will be distracted in any way. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. I welcome you to the moment of encounter of this week. The topic we are looking at this evening is conquering unbelief. Last week, we started looking at the theme. For this season, the overcoming faith. From the first topic, understanding the overcoming faith. Today we want to look at how to conquer unbelief. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. We needed to study the subject of unbelief. Because we believe that it will help us to have more insight and understanding on the subject of faith. Again, the truth is that we can only have the overcoming faith when we have conquered unbelief. We have already defined faith as a complete trust in God's faithfulness, almighty power, perfect wisdom, and unchanging love. We are to pay attention to the word complete in that definition. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That implies that it is possible for somebody to trust in the Lord, but not with all his heart. 
Faith is trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Not trusting in the Lord at all is unbelief. Trusting in the Lord with half of your heart is unbelief. Trusting in the Lord with almost all your heart is still unbelief. It is only when you have trusted the Lord with all your heart that you can say that you are no longer in the domain of unbelief. You have entered the domain of faith. In the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20 and 21, the Bible described the faith of Abraham. He said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he has promised. The difference between faith and unbelief is in that phrase, being fully persuaded. What made Abraham a man of faith was that he was fully persuaded. His persuasion was full. If his persuasion was not full, then he would have staggered at the promise of God through unbelief. Are you a man of faith? Are you a woman of faith? Are you a man of unbelief? Are you a woman of unbelief? If you say you are believing God for something, maybe for a job, for marriage, for financial provision, for breakthrough, for spiritual upliftment, and so on. Are you fully persuaded that God is able to do that which you are believing him for? And he will do that. That's Abraham. The Bible says he was fully persuaded that what God has promised to do, that he was also able to perform. So he was strong in that faith, giving glory to God. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Sometimes you see you pray for somebody that is sick and the person did not get healed. If you check the reason properly, you may notice that even you that is praying, you are not fully persuaded that something will happen. That is why it doesn't happen. You don't say, let me try. You must be fully persuaded if it is to be faith. Hebrews chapter 3. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. He said, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That phrase an evil heart, an evil heart of unbelief is showing us two things about unbelief. Number one, unbelief is an evil. Number two, unbelief is the sin of the heart. Romans chapter 14 verse 23 showed us that whatsoever that is not of faith is sin. Look at Romans chapter 14 verse 23. Whatsoever that is not coming forth from faith, any statement you made and you didn't make it out of faith, any action you take and you didn't take that action as a result of faith, that verse showed us that you have committed sin. Romans 14 23. He said, And he that doubted is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I repeat, 
For whatsoever, whatsoever you are saying with your mouth, whatsoever you are doing with, with, with your life that is not coming from faith is called sin. Unbelief is the summary of everything that is not coming from faith. Unbelief is a great sin. In fact, it is one of the greatest sins that any man can commit against God because it is a direct assault on the personality and the character of God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 showed us that it is impossible for God to lie. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 said that God cannot lie. Look at it. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set for us. It is impossible for God to lie. The man that has committed the sin of unbelief, that man has made God a liar. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God had witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God has given of his son. I repeat, he that believeth not God has made God a liar. Anytime you don't believe God, you have made God a liar. If you don't believe what God said in his word concerning your life, if you don't believe what God said in his word concerning your health, concerning your business, concerning your future, concerning your spiritual life, concerning your marriage, you have made God a liar by not believing. Do not think that it is a simple thing to doubt the word of God. Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, doubted the word of God that came to him through the angel and he became dumb for one year. You will see that in Luke chapter 1 verse 18. Whenever you cannot believe God, what, whenever you cannot believe what God has said concerning your life, by exercising your faith, to confess and to act according to it, you will suffer the consequences of that. That's one. But also, do you know what you are doing? You are announcing to the whole world that your God is a liar. This is the reason why God will not be happy with you. And this is the reason why without faith you cannot please God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. He said, without faith, it is impossible for any man at all to please God. What is the reason? Because if you don't believe God, you are making God a liar. You are telling the people around you that your God is a liar. That is the God you serve. He lies. How can God be pleased in that kind of situation? Put yourself in the shoe of God. If you are to be God, and maybe you have a son, and you are telling your son the truth, and your son did not believe you, and he begin to tell everybody, around that you are telling lie how will you feel about it do you know that that's exactly how god feels anytime you begin to doubt his word anytime you begin to you know you are not believing what god has said concerning you whether the one he is is telling you personally or the ones that are written in the scriptures are you caring about pleasing god are you caring about believing the word of god and pleasing god by that if you are a true child of God, I don't know why you will not believe your father. I don't know why you believed you will not believe the, the one that cannot lie. Jesus rebuked the disciples 
that are following him severally for unbelief. In the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 14, the Bible says that he rebuked those disciples. He upbraided them because they did not believe those that, you know, bore witness about his resurrection before them. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Say, afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them. Upbraided means rebuked them, you know, with their own belief and hardness of heart. Why? Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen from the dead. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrew 13 8. He will still rebook anyone at all that is living in the sin of unbelief. Unbelief and hardness of heart goes together. When you don't believe God, the next thing that will happen is that you will just see yourself get hardened in sin and you begin to live in more and more disobedience. I pray that today you will overcome the sin of unbelief. In the book of Revelation chapter 21 verse 18, the Bible when it was mentioning different sins that will take men to hellfire, unbelief is one of them. Look at Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. He said, but the fearful Revelation 21 verse 8 But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and warmongers sorcerers, idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Anyone that is living in the sin of unbelief anyone that cannot believe God you say you are a child of God but you are doubting God I want to let you know that God said you will end up in hell. Why will you end up in hell? Why don't you believe your God whom you have come to you know, know? We are going to look at several examples of the manifestation of unbelief in the scriptures. The first of them is what happened when the children of Israel were facing the land of Canaan in Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14. They couldn't enter the land of Canaan, the promised land, because of unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 19 said, So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Those set of people, they doubted the word of God. Moses sent 12 persons to go and spy out the land of Canaan, which God has promised to give to them, having delivered them from the land of Egypt. Ten of them came back with evil reports of the land. While two of them, Caleb and Joshua, they encouraged the people. They told them that God is able to take us into this land and to give us this land. Note that what made their report evil, evil report, is because they did not, you know, believe God. The report they gave created fear. Look at verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land. Numbers 13. Verse 32, they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eated up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw there in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. 
this report is an evil report because it created fear and unbelief in the heart of the children of Israel. In the next chapter, look at what happened. Verse 1, chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And the children of Israel, they murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And so on and so forth. Their report created fear. Anytime what you are saying before people is creating fear in their heart. Anytime somebody interacted with you. Anytime you are posting something on social media. Anytime people are reading your post. And after reading your post, they will get afraid. They began to have unbelief towards God. You are bringing an evil report. You are not just living in the sin of unbelief. You are an agent of unbelief. I pray that God will deliver you from unbelief today. So that your report will always be good report. Caleb said, let us go up at once. Look at verse 13, number, number 13. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. That is how a man of faith speaks. He's, he's, what is giving him courage in what he's saying is he's looking at God. He's not looking at the people. The evil report that these people were giving, they were describing how big the people of the land were and how small. They say we are like gra grasshoppers. They have forgotten how big, how powerful the God of Israel is. The surprising thing was that the whole uh, congregation, they began to cry. They forgot how God delivered them all this while with his mighty power from Egypt and through the wilderness until now. The evil of unbelief is that it can blind your eyes and erase your memory of how good God has been to you in the time past. It will clear your mind on how great the power of God that has delivered you from dangers in the past. You will no longer remember his faithfulness that has kept you from destruction in the past. Unbelief will make you feel that the same God that helped you before is no longer available to deliver you in the current situation. God responded to their fear and, and their unbelief by telling them that none of you that could not believe me will enter into the rest. The, the danger of unbelief is that it will make you not to enter into God's rest. God's rest for you here refers to both his earthly and heavenly destiny for you. There is a place God is preparing for you in destiny. There is a legacy that God has planned that you are going to live you know, on the earth. There is a dimension of grace. There is a dimension of oppression that God is taking you. But if you cannot believe God, I tell you, you will not be able to enter that. Even the heavenly destiny, unbelief will cost you that. I pray that you will conquer unbelief today in the name of Jesus Christ. You must enter every step, every good plan of God that God has for you. You must enter it by faith. No man can enter his Canaan land and take his God-given possession without faith. This is because there are giants that you must, be, you must destroy in order to occupy your position and possess your possessions. And that those giants, they must be defeated by faith. Every step of progress you are going to make in your work with God must be by faith. Otherwise, you will end up in the wilderness level of your journey. I decree that you will not die in the wilderness in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at Psalm 78 verse 40 to 42. 
in Psalm 78, verse 40 to 42, summarize what happened in Numbers chapter 13 and chapter 14. Psalm 78, verse 40. Psalm 78, verse 40. Say, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert? Verse 41. Yeah, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Are you limiting God by your own belief? Are you limiting what God wants to do in your life by unbelief? Are you placing limits over your life, over your business, over your progress in life because you cannot believe God? And I decree that every limit that has been placed over your life by your own belief is removed today in the name of Jesus Christ. The second case I want us to look into is what happened in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. There is this servant of um, king of Israel that doubted the word of God by the, by the servant of God, Elisha. Second Kings chapter 6 from verse 24 to 33 described a very severe ham, a famine, a famine that was in the land of Israel. This famine was so severe that they were already killing their children and eating it for food. And you know, in verse chapter 7 verse 1, Elisha, the, the servant of God, gave a prophecy that is supposed to end that famine. He said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Verse 2, Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thy eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. Elisha gave prophecy and said, By this time tomorrow, they will sell a measure of fine flour for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. It looks like an impossible thing. You can imagine what will happen for that to come to pass. It's so serious. The famine that was, the women are already killing their children, eating it for food. And you can imagine how much a, a fine floor, measure of fine floor is already costing. But this man doubted the word of God and said that even if God is to make windows in heaven, this thing will not happen. The problem of the man is that he does not know God. When a man is ignorant of God's almighty power, he will be trapped by the sin of unbelief. I pray that your eyes will be open to see God. To see how God can turn a worst situation to the best situation just in 24 hours. I mean, God did it in 24 hours. And you know what happened to that man? He died. When that prophecy was coming to pass, they trampled him to death unbelief took his life he could have been alive in the land of the living if he did not doubt the word of God are you aware that many people have died untimely because of unbelief do you know that 
when this man was being trampled to, de to death in the gate of Samaria, that people were just looking at him. They say, ah, is that how this man died? They didn't know the real cause of his death. They didn't know that it was because he doubted God yesterday. Do you know that sometimes one thing that we kill a man, we just come and kill the man. But the real cause of that death is because that man, that brother, that sister doubted God somewhere. It, may, it, it must not be death. It could be a promotion. It could be a breakthrough. It could be a job that it could have been yours. And you will prepare. They will tell you that you came first in the interview. But sorry, at the end of the day, you will not be able to get that job. What is the problem? There may be somewhere you doubted God. I pray that God will have mercy on, your, on you. In any way you have doubted God, and that unbelief is hurting your progress, the mercy of the Lord will attend to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't cost you anything to believe God. I mean, Second Chronicle 2020, Jehoshaphat, the king, was admonishing the children of Israel when they were facing the innumerable host of the enemies that came against them. He said to them, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be, you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Divine establishment and prosperity that comes from God is a product of faith in God and in his prophets, respectively. Are you looking for establishment in your spiritual life? Are you looking for establishment in your business? Are you looking for establishment in any area of your life? You can only see God establish you when you begin to believe God. Are you looking for prosperity in your spiritual life, in your physical life? You can only prosper when you believe in the lost prophet. I prophesy to you as a prophet of the Lord that you shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. It doesn't cost you anything to believe it. When you believe it, it will begin to work for you. In the book of Mark chapter 9, there is another story that illustrates an unbelief. There is a father that brought his lunatic boy to Jesus. And he met his absence. Mark chapter 9. Turn your Bibles to verse... Uh, uh, Mark chapter 9 verse 14 to 24. This man met the absence of Jesus because Jesus went to the mountain to pray. And the disciples could not heal his son. You know, and that thing actually made the man to begin to even doubt the ability of Jesus to heal his son. And so when Jesus was asking him a question, he said to him, I brought my son to your disciples. I brought him to you. You are not there. And your disciple could not heal him. And he now said to him, If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Why is he talking like that? Because he, he, he doesn't even know whether Jesus can do this. Looking at how his disciples has failed. Um, I don't know whether your own unbelief has, is causing somebody to doubt God. I don't know whether you are already an agent of unbelief. God will turn your life around today. You will become an agent of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus told this man that if he can believe, he said, if you can believe, that's verse 23, Jesus said to him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. The moment this man had that, he he cried. He said, Oh Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now look at it. Jesus said, if you can believe, everything is possible to you. What that means is that when you put your faith in God, that believing in God brings you into this, 
the same page with God and you will notice that the, the power of God will begin to flow towards your life and will begin to sort out every problem that is around your life if this man has belief he will not have unbelief that thing he said is a contradiction he said Lord I believe help my unbelief you cannot have faith and have unbelief at the same time both of them cannot coexist in the same heart it is either you have believed or you have not believed you cannot believe and still have unbelief in your heart so what this man actually was trying to tell the Lord is that I, I am having it difficult to believe so he cannot say I believe he was just trying to be honest and be sincere that this thing is hard for me to believe and you know the Lord saw the sincerity of his heart and he you know helped him and came to come out of that unbelief I want you to pray don't ask God to help your unbelief ask God to take away your unbelief and if you do that this evening the Lord will answer your prayer in the name of Jesus Christ now look at the disciples when the Lord came down and saw that they couldn't do that in verse 19 the Bible said he said to them oh faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him unto me oh faithless generation the Lord communicated two things by that statement number one it was the faithlessness of the disciples that made them unable to cast out the evil spirit number two the Lord has expected that by the reason of them being with him all this while they should be able to cast the demon out if you can remember that in Matthew chapter 10 Matthew chapter 10 that you know he sent them out to go and uh, preach look at Matthew chapter uh, Matthew chapter 10 you will see that by by before this thing happened in chapter 17 because Matthew's account recorded it in chapter 17 but in chapter 10 the Bible said when he has called the twelve unto him he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease and when they came back they were giving testimonies that no demon could withstand them now in chapter 17 look at Matthew's account of the same story in chapter 17 these people they couldn't cast out a demon and when they were asking the Lord in verse 19 Matthew 17 19 then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could not we cast him out and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily I say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible for you so you can see that it was because of their own belief it was not lack of power they have already received power in chapter 10 to cast out all manner of evil spirits and when they came back they reported they gave testimony that we cast all of them out now they couldn't cast this one out why jesus said it is because of your own belief my brother my sister do you know that it is because of your own belief that you are suffering so many things that you are suffering today some of us you know it is not because you have not prayed these disciples they prayed they fasted but unbelief was what hindered them because of your own belief 
you have carried that sickness in your body. When the power of God that can heal you is available. Because of your own belief, sometimes you see yourself, you pray for the sick person. And instead of the sick person getting healed, the, the person will get worse. Because of your own belief, you could not cast out that demon. When you prayed, you noticed that the thing couldn't work. I remember somebody telling me, we prayed for a demon-possessed person. So many of us, we took hours. We prayed for several hours. And after all our prayers, the demon was still laughing at us. Why is it that they couldn't cast that demon out? Because of their own belief. There is no other reason. If only you can believe, says the Lord, that mountain will be removed from your life. That mountain will be removed from your family. That mountain will be removed from your business. Faith and mountain, they cannot face each other. If there is faith, that mountain must be removed. The reason the mountain has remained is simply because there is no faith. You may say that you have prayed sufficiently, but faith is not equivalent to sufficient prayer. You may say that you have fasted or that you are serious with your devotions. These things may help your faith anyway, but they are not equivalent to faith. If you do not have faith, you do not have faith. Turn your Bibles to the book of John, uh, John chapter 11. In the book of John chapter 11, we saw the story of how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. There is uh, these sisters of Lazarus. You know, one of them is Martha. Martha, when she heard in verse 20, 20, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother has not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it unto thee. That looks like a very great statement of faith. But you will notice that Martha's unbelief will soon be revealed. For when the Lord told her, in the next verse, your brother will rise again. What did the mother answer? She said, I know. I know that she will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am not talking about the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, even though he, was de he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Faith has to do with believing the specific thing God has said concerning your life in his word. Not a general religious belief. You know, look at what Martha answered in verse 27. She said, yes, Lord. Instead of saying, yes, I believe. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We should come into the world. That is looking like the Apostles' Creed or Dr. Wass' Catechism. You know, you may know all of the religious things. Martha said, I know, I believe. But that's that is not faith. Is do you believe this word that I'm talking to you now about your life? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Look at Martha, verse 22. He said, I know. Verse 24, he said, I know. You may know so many things, but religious knowledge is, is not the same thing as faith. And you know, when, even when you say, I believe, I believe. What are you really believing? Are you believing the, the specific word that God has spoken concerning your life? Do you know that Martha could not wait for the Lord to deal with her unbelief? The moment she said that, look at verse 28. 
she left the Lord. The Bible says she went her way. She went her way and called Mary, her sister, and said, the master has come and is calling for you. Is that not a lie? Instead of her to face the Lord and say to the Lord, this thing you are saying is too big for my faith. I, but help me, I want to believe. She left, she ran away. Probably she doesn't want further questions that will expose her unbelief. And she went and even told lie. Now, do you know that in verse 39, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke and said, look at verse 39, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Can you imagine? This is before everybody now. When God was, when Jesus was trying to deal with her own belief personally, she ran away. But before everybody, do you know that Martha did not know when she, when she said this thing? It was an involuntary statement. You know, she didn't know because unbelief will always manifest. You will cover your unbelief for a while, but I tell you, you won't even know when you start voicing it out. Because that is the state of your heart. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will always talk. If not for Mary, it was only Mary that saved the situation. How? Do you know that in verse 30, the Bible said, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Martha met Christ when he was coming and crippled his coming. Jesus could not move a step further. Martha limited the coming of Jesus because Jesus couldn't move again. Jesus knew that if he will come to that house with this kind of unbelief in the heart of Martha, that Lazarus will not come back to life. That was why he has to stop. Do you know that it was only Mary? When Mary came in verse 32, the Bible said, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, the same thing that Martha said, but Martha's own was empty out of a heart that is full of unbelief. Mary said, Lord, if you have been here, my brother has not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, tears of faith moved Jesus and he began to weep. He said, where, where did you lay him? It was Mary's faith that, you know, saved that situation that day. My brother, my sister, are you hindering God? Even when God has started coming towards your life to help you, even when God has already come in to save the situation, but instead of you to wait on him, instead of you to trust him, you will still use your own belief and cut short what God wants to do and hinder him from coming and moving forward towards accomplishing what he wants to accomplish in your life. Now, what the question is, why is Mary full of faith and her sister under the same roof full of unbelief? We have said before, in the last message that proximity to someone that has faith does not imply that you will have faith. Two sisters under the same roof, they are eating together, cooking together, but one is full of faith. The other one has no faith at all. Why and how? Recall that Jesus visited their house earlier. In Luke chapter 10, you will see that in verse 38, verse 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42. When Jesus visited the house, the Bible said that while Martha was running around trying to serve food, Mary was seated down at the feet of Jesus, hearing the word of God. The Bible said faith comes by hearing. 
Mary, Mary was hearing. Mary suspended activities. Mary suspended every other thing. Even when Martha was asking her, come and join me so that we will cook. Mary said, no. I want to get faith. I want to hear the word of God. Martha has no faith because when she has opportunity to get faith by hearing the word of God, she was busy with cooking. She was busy with serving. I don't know your story today. Do you know that when you despise the time you are supposed to hear the word of God, when you are supposed to hear what will build your faith and you are using your time for things in the name of serving God, you will notice that at the end of the day, you will still be full of unbelief. May you be wise like Mary in the name of Jesus Christ. Another case is in Matthew 14 from verse 22 to 31. Peter was walking on the water when he saw Jesus and he started walking towards Jesus by faith. But at a time, he began to sink. Why did he begin to sink? The Bible said when he saw the, the, the storm, and the boisterous wind. When he removed his eyes from Jesus and began to look at the wind, he began to look at the storm. He began to sink. Jesus referred to his faith as a little faith because his faith could not carry him all through the journey. The test of faith or the test of unbelief is always at the peak of challenges. You may have faith to start, but are you sure you have faith to continue the journey until you, you end the journey? Especially when the storms of life and when the boisterous wind will start blowing. Now, some of us, you say you believe in God. You believe in the word of God. But what are you doing now? Some of us are already sinking. Some of us are already full of fear because of the kind of wind and storms that are blowing in this time. Why are you sinking? You have removed your eyes from, the, from Jesus. You are no longer looking at the word of God. You are no longer fixing on him. I pray that you will turn your attention away from everything that has captured it. You will turn your attention away from the storm and you will fix it back on Jesus and you get back walking on the water in the name of Jesus Christ. And finally in Mark chapter 6, the Bible says from verse 1 to 6 that Jesus marveled at the unbelief of his own countrymen. Those people, they couldn't believe him because they say, is he not Jesus, the son of Joseph the carpenter? We know him. How can he be doing these mighty things? Their own belief hindered the Lord. Their own belief stopped him from doing miracles in their time, in their town. And the Bible says Jesus was even surprised. The Bible says he couldn't do mighty works there. Look at verse 5. And he could do no mighty work there, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick people, maybe headache and fever, and healed them. He was surprised at their own belief. When you are living in unbelief, you will be hindering God from doing mighty works in your life. You will be experiencing many, many miracles. You can't experience a major breakthrough. May you be delivered from the sin of unbelief today. May you rise up to conquer unbelief today. We are about to look at practical ways of conquering unbelief. And I want you to pay serious attention because you need to really learn how to live, live by faith. Live you know, above unbelief. And there are about eight practical ways that we must follow in order to conquer unbelief. Number one, you must develop a working personal relationship with God if you are to conquer unbelief. It will be very difficult for you to conquer unbelief 
if you are not sure of your salvation. Salvation faith is the foundation faith upon which other aspect of faith is built upon. You must first of all be saved and you must be assured of your salvation. I asked somebody one day, are you sure you are saved? He said, yes. I said, I'm not, I'm not sure you heard me well. I said, I didn't ask you, are you saved? I mean, are you sure that you are saved? He has to think for a while. And then after thinking for a while, that was when he understood the question very well. He now said, no. Are you sure that you are saved? Are you sure that the state of your life now, that if the trumpet will sound now, that you will be raptured? That is what salvation means. It's not that you are saved seven years ago, but now there is one sin or the other in your life. You are not yet saved from sin. If you don't have this salvation faith, you can have a working relationship with God. And when you don't have a working relationship with God, it will be difficult for you to conquer unbelief. All the men of faith in the Bible, they are men that are very serious in their work with God. Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your, your steps. You know, that is what it means to, to have a working relationship with God. It is to trust the Lord with all your heart. It is not to lean on your own understanding. To, you know, acknowledge him before you take any decision. To let him be your decision maker. Don't just do anything without him. Excuse me. You cannot be a man of faith. You cannot conquer unbelief if your Christian life is anyhow. If you are not taking God serious, you are not taking your quiet time serious, you are not taking your prayer life serious, you are not taking your, your Bible study serious, how can you ever conquer unbelief? And God will tell you to do something, you will not do it. It is not possible for you to conquer unbelief. If your relationship with God, if you are not working with God, all the men of faith in the scripture, the Bible will always say, and Enoch walked with God, Abraham walked with God, Noah walked with God, they all walked with God. It is only by walking with God that you can conquer unbelief. Number two, you must be diligent to inquire of the Lord why your faith did not work the last time. Now listen. You may, if you ask God, I, for example, you say, God, I want you to give me a wristwatch, for example. And you prayed for a wristwatch. And maybe within a space of one week, you are expecting God, you are thanking God, you are saying, God, I believe you are giving me a wristwatch. And after one week, you didn't receive it. What you are supposed to do is to begin to ask God a question. Lord, why is it that I have asked you for a wristwatch and you did not give me? You need to find out it is the fault is not from God. The fault is from you actually. God will need to tell you something that is wrong with your life. And when God tells you that thing that is wrong with your life, when you correct it, you will notice that he will now give you that wristwatch. It could be possible that God may want you to start morning crying 
and then as you are doing morning crying, that is what will come. But if you don't ask God, why is it that I have prayed for a wristwatch and I didn't receive? You, have, you are building up a history of unanswered prayer. And when you begin to pray the next prayer, you see yourself doubting. I, the, the other one I prayed, I didn't receive. Am I sure I'm going to receive this one? That's how unbelief builds up. Answered, unanswered prayers breeds unbelief. And for you to avoid that, you must not take things lightly. You must not take things for granted. As a student, you prayed and said, God, I want to have A in this course. And when the result came out, you had C. You should not take it lightly. I expect you to suspend every other thing. That day you saw that result. You are supposed to suspend every other thing. And begin to ask God, why is it that I, I prayed for A and I got C? I tell you, God will not hesitate to speak to you. These are the kind of... You know, some of you say you are not hearing the voice of God. Just try God in this way. Try to ask God, what is wrong with my life? That I asked you for A and you gave me C. You will hear God with speed. You need to always trace why your prayers are not answered. Because if you keep, you know, piling it up, you will notice that sometimes when they will ask you to pray for a sick person, in your heart you will be doubting. You know, maybe you prayed for somebody that has headache. And after praying for the person, you notice that the headache did not go. Rather, stomach problem entered. You know, and then tomorrow they now ask you to pray for someone that has cancer. You will have problem because you, you will be asking yourself, I never healed a headache and I'm going to heal cancer. That is the problem you're going to have. But if that night you have said to God, why will I lay my hands on the sick and, and the sick did not get healed? And you told me in your word that this science shall, believe, shall follow those who believe that if I lay my hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Why is it that I laid my hands on the sick and the sick did not recover? I tell you, if you ask God that question, he will tell you where the problem is. But if you didn't do that, you are already, you know, building up history of unbelief. And you will see yourself, we will continue to doubt God. At the time, you begin to wonder whether God is real or not. Because you ask God, I, I need my daily bread today. And you pray, pray, pray. Day and night, nothing happened. You need to begin to change the prayer. Begin to ask God, why did I pray for my daily bread today or yesterday and I didn't receive anything? The fault is not from God. The fault is from you. And that is why if you get the answer tomorrow, you will see yourself getting answers to your prayers. And by doing that, you see yourself conquering unbelief. I pray that you will begin to take God serious. I pray that you begin to take advantage of everything, every prayer you pray to find out. In fact, do you know that when God tells you why he did not answer your prayer, you will know God the more. And those who know their God shall be what? They shall be strong. And you see them doing exploit. Because that is actually equivalent to faith. How else do we, you know, conquer unbelief? You must take advantage of, you know, little challenges you are facing today. To build your faith for the bigger challenges ahead. The way God arranges our life is that little challenge will face you first. Before a higher one will come. So if you don't maximize the opportunity of believing God for the ones you are facing today, you will notice that tomorrow, you will not be able to face tomorrow's own. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, God will not allow, you know, a temptation, a situation, a condition that is greater than you to come to you. So don't think that that, challenges you are, that challenge you are facing is greater than you. It's not greater than you. Learn to trust God for today so that 
you will be able to build faith for tomorrow. If you cannot trust God to provide your daily bread today, how can you trust God tomorrow to provide for others through you or to provide for his kingdom advancement? Another practical way of conquering unbelief is refusing to consider the alternatives. Alternatives are the greatest killers of faith. Eh? Someone told me, I was preaching to a young man one day, and I asked him to give his life to Christ. He said, no. I said, why? He said that he has tried God before, and God failed him, and he tried the devil, and the devil answered him quickly. And so he decided to leave God and face the devil now. I was surprised at what this young man is saying. You know, if the children of Israel, you know, in that number starting, if there is no Egypt to return to, because they were like Moses and Aaron, you should have left us in Egypt. Why do you bring us here to die in this wilderness? Now, assuming that there is no Egypt to return to, assuming that there is no nowhere at all they can get to, do you know that they will stand, stand there and they will start crying to God? You know, and you know, and God will, will help them overcome that situation. The problem that many of us have about trusting God is because is that you 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 have alternatives already. Let me give you an example. You needed money to eat or to to pay a bill, maybe house rent, and the date you needed the money is already maybe let's say tomorrow. Now, do you notice that some of us as you are praying, oh God, provide. Your heart is already looking at who to borrow in case if God fails to provide. You're already having an alternative in your heart that, well, I think I can, I can uh, call my uncle. I think that my sister can help me. You are already looking at who to borrow. You, you have an alternative. That is why your heart cannot hook to God. That is why you cannot say to God, I have nowhere to go. The greatest, you know, danger is that many of us, before we can even remember God, it is when you have tried all the alternatives and all the alternatives has failed you. You call this person, the person says, don't call this line again. You call the other person, the person chases you out of his house. And then that is where you now say, oh God, only you I know now. Now only you I know. I used to wonder. Sometimes you see somebody, it is only when the medical science, the doctor has said, go to your house and die there. Because this sickness, medical science cannot heal it. That is when the person will now say, Oh God, now only you I know. I, why can't you try God first? Why, why, excuse me, why even the alternative? Do you know that as a Christian, it is God that should send you to hospital? It is when you are praying to God, it is God that should tell you, Go. But many of us, just a little headache. In fact, some of us are prescribing drugs. The way you prescribe paracetamol for a, a fellow Christian that came to you, and maybe the person is expecting you to pray with him over the, the this challenge. You, the first question that is coming out of your mouth is: Have you gone for lab tests? Have you uh, taken paracetamol? You know all the malaria drugs, and you are you, you are prescribed because these alternatives are what has killed your own faith, and so you cannot actually help another person. My brother, my sister you must destroy all the alternatives. If you are to build your faith and conquer unbelief, you must not have any alternative to God. God shall be the only one. God shall be the first. I understand that this is even what it means to seek first the kingdom.
because some of us, you will not seek God first. You will begin to look for other options. When you come to a point where you will lack money, and you will say to God, no borrowing, no begging. I remember some years ago, God said to me, no borrowing, no begging. Don't visit anybody indirectly because you need something. And you just visit. And you are expecting the person to ask, to ask you, have you eaten? No begging, no borrowing. Trust in me, I will provide for you. For months, I was living like that. And God was providing my daily bread. That was before I married. Even as a married man, in my family, some, 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 some months, God will say, carry everything you have. Give it to my work. I say, how do we feed? How do we eat? Look at these children. Look at my wife. How do we get our daily bread? He say, depend on me. No begging. No borrowing. And I tell you the truth. There is a God that is faithful. That God has not failed for once. And if only you will not have alternative. If only you can have him as the only person to hope and to trust. I t- that is when you will see the faithfulness of God. And I tell you, one other way of building your, your faith and conquering un- uh, unbelief is when you begin to consider God's faithfulness. Do you know how faithful God is? He said he will not allow temptation, situation, condition that is greater than your faith to come upon you. Do you know that what is happening in our time now? They say lock down, lock in. Do you know that it's not greater than you? Do you know that there is a faith you can conquer this situation you can overcome and I see you coming out victorious you will not be swallowed by the wind and the the, the, the storm of this age in the name of Jesus Christ what is it that helped David when he was facing Goliath he said to Saul the God that delivered me from the lion the God that delivered me from the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine the, 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 the history of God's faithfulness. I mean, if you can only remember how faithful God has been you know, to you in the past. Think about it. There are situations that have come to you. They look overwhelming. There are conditions that have come in your family. They look terrifying. But you, you called upon God in those days. And God answered you. God saved your family. I am telling you that if you can remember it in this present situation that you are facing. That same God, that same God that did it before, He is the same today. He will do it for you. Will you count your blessings? Name them one by one. It will not only surprise you what the Lord has done. It will strengthen you on what the Lord will do. How else do you build your faith and conquer unbelief? You must learn to keep your eyes and your faith on the word of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. What did he say? He said, My son, pay attention to my words. My son, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. My son, attention to my words. Keep your eyes on my word. Let my saying be what you are hearing. Incline your ear. Tune the frequency of your hearing to the frequency frequency of my word. Don't hear any other thing. Don't pay attention to any other thing. Let me tell you, some of us, you are not paying attention to the word of God. 
you are paying attention to all kinds of you know social media posts fake news unverified stories you know these days people are not going to work so they have time 24 hours they are writing they are posting they are snapping and so many of us you are paying attention to those things the bible said jesus said god said pay attention to my words incline your ear to my saying that is how you will get the word of god that will bring life to you that is how faith will come faith comes by hearing the word of god and i tell you surely unbelief will come by hearing the words of men as you continue to pay attention to what men are saying to the news of men you will see unbelief coming though and again one other thing that will help us to conquer unbelief is continuous confession confession of god's word you know faith is believing the word of god we know and if you are going to believe the word of god you must know the word of god now unbelief the first step towards unbelief is when you are ignorant of the word because you don't you cannot believe what you don't know but yet you know knowledge of the word of god is not equivalent is not sufficient to conquer unbelief you must believe the word with your heart and one thing that confirms that you have believed the word of god is your ability to confess it and to act according to the word now whereas it is expected that when one has believed the word of god he will begin to confess it that is believing should precede confess confession but however you know it has been proven that you can get your heart to believe god by confessing the word of god you can get your heart to believe by continuous and prolonged confession of the word of god if you keep saying it long enough if you keep confessing the word you that word of god you are confessing it will at, at, with time it will begin to register in your heart and as it's registering in your heart you will notice that your heart will begin to adjust to it that's one one way we call that forcing your heart to believe and it works in my family sometimes i will write out scriptures and i will tell them every morning every night after morning devotion we will read this scripture and we will continue to confess it before you know it everybody's heart will start adjusting to the word now if you keep confessing what god has said and not the situation of things around you now somebody asks you do you have money the next thing you are going to say is ah for the past five days i don't even have money at all what are you confessing you are confessing your situation you are not confessing the word the word said my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory for christ's sake the word said the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he is he he, he, he steals my soul you know when you learn to confess what god has said he said blessed is the man that delighted in the word meditate on it day and night he said whatsoever he does shall prosper if you learn to confess the word what does the word say the word say that the path of the righteous is like the shining light and it shineth brighter and brighter unto the breaking of the day i i tell you when you begin to confess it continue to confess it as you are confessing it as you keep saying it that thing you are confessing will start affecting your heart will start adjusting your heart 
and before you know it you see yourself adjusting and aligning to the word that you are confessing and finally one other things that will help us to conquer unbelief is crying out to god the father of the lunatic boy cried out in prayer to the lord he said lord i believe help my unbelief peter also cried out to the lord for help when he noticed that he, he was now sinking he cried out he said lord save me and the bible says immediately the lord stretched forth his hand and saved him you too can also cry out to the lord for help you can say lord i believe your word i believe your word remove my own belief take away my own belief will you begin to cry out to the lord now and say to the lord deliver my heart from unbelief cry out peter cried out and the lord answered him the father of the lunatic cried out and the lord answered him you can cry out to the lord now i expect you to rise and begin to cry out every kind of unbelief in your heart that has been manifesting before now cry out to the lord say to the lord i believe take away the unbelief take away every form of unbelief from my heart take it away i want to begin to believe your word call upon the lord for deliverance call upon him tell him lord take away every form of unbelief from my heart Cry out for to the Lord. The Lord will, will, will save you. Peter said, Lord, save me. Cry out for mercy. In every way, unbelief has, your unbelief has displeased the Lord. In every way, your unbelief has you know, caused you to fail to receive the promises of God. In any way, you have not pleased God because of your unbelief. Cry out to him. Say to the Lord, I'm sorry. Deliver me from unbelief. Save me from unbelief. Ask God to help you to begin to believe His word from today. To begin to believe every unbelief, every unbelief, depart from my heart. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me was the cry of that man. And the Lord answered him. Cry out to him now. He will help you. He will save you. Now listen, listen. We say, if you don't have a working relationship with God, a working relationship with God that is personal, you will not be able to conquer unbelief. And we say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your step can you begin to pray and say to god i want to i want to be close to you i want to learn not to lean on my own understanding i want to learn to acknowledge you in all my ways i want to be a true child of god a true christian that is really following you you know i want to be a man of faith a man that is walking with you begin to pray that prayer that you will begin to walk with god like Abraham walked with God step by step. 
you know you'll be able to follow him follow his directives it is this seriousness you work with God that will make you not to take things for granted when a prayer is not answered you will go back to God and say Lord I prayed for this matter you didn't answer it but you promised me that when I ask I shall receive why is it that I ask and I did not receive can you cry out to the Lord say to him Lord help me to be serious to be committed Lord in asking you Lord for direction and depending on you Lord in everything oh God may I not use my own brain may I not use my own understanding may I not use my calculation mind Lord I begin to reason my way out may I trust you with all my heart all my heart must be used in trusting you not half of my heart not almost all my heart Lord help me to trust you with all my heart in the name of Jesus Christ now I want you to pray and say Lord say after me Lord Lord, help me, help me to remember all your past faithfulness to my life. To remember all your past faithfulness to in the life. presence of every fresh challenge. In the presence of every fresh challenge. Help me to remember how you have been faithful to me. Help me to remember how you have how answered you have my prayer me. before. So that I will believe you for this current one. Begin to pray that prayer. In the presence of the of, 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 of Canaan, I need to remember how you delivered me from the Red Sea. I need to remember how you delivered me from, you know, from, from Egypt. The mighty signs, the mighty wonders you performed in order to deliver me from sin. In order to deliver me, oh, from the, 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 the things that, that, has, that has come to swallow my life. You saved me. Lord, in this present circumstances, in this present condition, this sickness in my family, this sickness in my body, this thing that is coming, I will not be afraid of it because my God is alive. I know my Redeemer liveth. I know that my Redeemer liveth. He will save me from this current situation. He will deliver me. Yanda la basonto la bashanda, enda lebo sonto la bashanda, malende lebo sonto la bashanda. I will always remember, Lord, your past faithfulness. I use you provided for me in the time past. Oh, our God, oh God, our help. He knows past and our hope for years to come. You are our help in ages past. You are the one that has helped us in the ages past. You are my hope in the ho- in the years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now say after me, Lord. I reject every alternative from today. I tear down every alternative. I have for you in my heart. I tear down every alternative I have for you in every area of my life. In every area of my life. You are, you are you are going to be my first point of call. You are going to be my first point and my of only point of call. And my only point of call. Lord, you are the only one I have. Lord, you are the only one. I will not 
I will not pursue any other thing. I will not pursue and come back thing. last to you. I Lord, I am, I, am, I am coming to you first. I am depending on you in this matter. I will not run around again. You are the one that will solve this problem. You can do it. I believe you for it. You cannot fail me. You are a faithful God. You cannot fail me. I am trusting you, Lord. You will, you will, you will deliver me. You are a faithful God. Alternatives to provision. Begging and borrowing. I reject you. Begging and borrowing. I reject you. I, I have the Lord as my source. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my help. I will trust him. I will put my whole trust in him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Say after me, Lord. Lord. Cause me to pay attention to your word. Cause me to pay attention to your word. Cause me to give my whole attention to your word. Cause me to give attention to incline my ear to your saying. Incline my ear to your saying. To keep my eyes on your word. To keep my eyes on your word. To let your word be within my heart always. Let your word be, let your word be my meditation. Let your word be my so that out of the abundance of my heart, so that out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will confess your word. Confess your Begin word. to pray that prayer. Jesus, that like, Mark, like Mary of old, you will sit down at the feet of Jesus and groom your faith and hear the word of God. You will not be like matter that will be going here and there. In the name of serving God, you will be sitting down. Mary had the word of God, and her faith was built up. Oh, when you hear the word of God, your faith will be built up. Fix my eyes on your word. Fix my eyes on your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now you need to pray. Peter began to sink when his eyes went off Jesus. I don't know whether you're already sinking. You're already sinking because your eyes has gone off from Jesus. You are no longer looking on the word. Can you pray and say, God, fix my say after me, oh Lord, oh Lord, fix my eyes permanently on you. Fix my eyes permanently on you. Fix my eyes permanently on your word. Fix my eyes permanently that on your in word. The that in the midst of challenges, my eyes will not go off from my you. Eyes will not go I will continue you. to look on you. Begin to, to pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Focus. 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 
Now I want to nail down and pray this one. Say after me, O Lord. O Lord. I am very sorry. In all the ways I have made you a liar. By not believing your word. In all the ways I have announced to people that my God is lying. In all the ways I have announced to people that my God by my own belief. I know you are not happy with me. I know I have not pleased you. Lord, please forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Help me from today that I will never make you a liar again. I will never make you a liar again. Begin to pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm very sorry. I have made you a liar in every way. I have not, oh God, believed your word. I have not confessed your word. Please forgive me. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I plead for the blood. I plead for the blood. I plead for the blood. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, before I pray for you, I want you to rise on your feet and begin to proclaim every word of God you know concerning your life. I give you one or two minutes to confess every word of God you know concerning your life. Begin to confess it. I am the light of this world. Ah, my light is shining in darkness. My light is standing in darkness of this world. And the, the darkness cannot comprehend me. I am walking in, in, in the, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want it. Mine has fallen to me in pleasant places. My path is a shining light. I am it is shining brighter and brighter. Every day I am shining. I am growing spiritually. Ah, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Ah, Kalerebo Shandarababa. I am the salt of the earth. Ah, Malebo Shanda. I am being transformed into the image of Jesus. The one with me of glory to another. I am moving forward in every area of my life. I am not stagnant. I am not backward. The Lord is my progress. The Lord is my, my strength. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? By the strength of Jesus, I am healed. By the strength of Jesus, I am healed. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is living in my life. I have no reason to be afraid of anything. The Lord is my health. Hey, thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you. Just place your two hands on your head. I will prophesy concerning your life. Remember 2 Chronicles 2020. Believe the Lord and you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. And as the prophet Elijah prophesied, he said, by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a checker. And two measures of barley shall be sold for a checker in the gate of Jerusalem. I, I prophesy concerning your life that in the next 24 hours you are going to see a great turnaround in your life. The Almighty God will lift you up 
from where you are to where you want you to be. Amen. That sickness in your body is is is, is gone. Is gone. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That recipe before you is broken into pieces. Amen. You are crossing your recipe. You are crossing your recipe. You are conquering the giants in the in the promised land. Amen. You are entering the promise of God. You are moving from degree of one degree of glory to the next. You are going to prosper in every aspect of your life. I say by this time tomorrow, you will have an outstanding testimony. Your family shall be visited. Your family shall be visited by God. The Almighty God will change your story. In the name of Jesus. The peace of the Lord is upon your life. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You are moving forward from now. Amen. No more backward. Amen. No more stagnant. Amen. That contract, you there is a businessman, there is a contract that the enemy took away from you. A greater contract is coming your way now. Amen. I said, believe the word of God. God is talking to a contractor. There was a particular contract that, that, that was supposed to be your own, but it was taken away. The Lord said, I should tell you that before the end of this year. You will have a greater contract than the one you lost. Amen. He's coming back to you now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, there is a sister that is doubting God. I I stop doubting God. Believe God. Don't say eh, I, I have believed God before and it didn't happen. Believe the word of God. Believe the Lord and you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you shall prosper. I prophesy to you, sister. Before the end of this year, we shall celebrate your marriage. You, brother, you are waiting upon God for a breaking forth, a breaking through in your business. You want to marry, but there is no substance. I prophesy to you a breakthrough in your business, a breakthrough around your life. That job that you are looking for, the Lord is giving you a greater job than you need. The Lord is making a way for you. The Lord is granting you that visa that you was denying you now. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord be with you. Amen. And may he continue to establish you. Amen. Go ahead and believe him in everything. You are a conqueror. And you are more than conqueror. By the faith of Jesus. God bless you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. May all glory, honor, adoration, thanksgiving, and praise be ascribed unto the King of Kings. We bless God for His word that has gone forth. We return our praise unto Him because we believe and we know, even as the word has come forth, that we are victorious and unbelief is conquered permanently in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Once again, we want to bless and um, appreciate everyone who connected live in this broadcast. We know you have been blessed richly. We sincerely want to encourage you to put these practical teachings into practice daily. These are very practical teachings. So we encourage you to do well to take time to go back to those words and practicalize them until they become part and parcel of you. And the Lord will grant you grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Moment of Encounter. It's brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels in Ubu, Nigeria. For questions testimonies and comments, please do well to send an email to calvarywayreviverlabels at gmail.com Once again, calvarywayreviverlabels at gmail.com For 
further information on our programs and messages, which will be of blessing, great blessings to you, do well to visit our website at www.calvarywayonline.org. I repeat, www.calvarywayonline.org. Could also like our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvary Way Revival Labors. I like and follow and um, be blessed richly from this platform. It's been a wonderful time in God's presence. We want to encourage you. Uh, join us same time next week on the same channel. Do well to invite somebody. Tell a friend to tell a friend and tell a friend that it's happening here live. And the Lord is making lives and blessing men and people in the country. God, may the Almighty God keep you, preserve you and increase you. God bless you and good night.